Need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor? May be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about? Or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China? Then this is your show, China Business Cast. Okay, hello everybody, and thank you for joining for another China Business Cast. We're in episode number fifty-one, and today we're hosting Ryan Shukan. But as always, I got Mike with me. Hey, Mike. Hey, Shlomo. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Just just turkey times over. So we're a bit late with the recording here because of the Thanksgiving. So uh, um, yes,、yeah, my my fault. I'll take the blame. I know it's all American. I know Shlomo. Of course. It's always the Americans' fault. I know it's just always our fault. Every and、uh, yeah, you know, even in China, I try to enjoy myself a little bit with the、uh, turkey time, and you know, it, it's, we're welcome. It's more it doesn't have to be just Americans. We had some, we had some Spanish friends visiting, and、uh, people from other parts of the world. So you know, we it's just a good time to be thankful. You know, the end of the year is coming. Can you believe it?、Mm-hmm. It's already already the end of two thousand sixteen. So. It's a good time to be thankful, whether you're an American or not. Is it that sounded wrong? <laughs> but,、uh, Is it hard but, getting、uh, a whole turkey in China? Of course, it's expensive. We all chipped in. It was、uh, went to a friend's place, and、uh, I didn't even know how much it was, but everybody paid. Like he just said, fifty RMB, which is like you know, like six, seven bucks US. So you know, a person, which is totally fine. And、uh, we also brought everybody brought their own like side salads or drinks or or desserts. So it was like a potluck too. So it was fun. Awesome and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. And、uh, and how about you? You're、uh, we talking a little bit before recording about your Airbnb experiences. Yeah, somebody- So、um, we're renting our our place from time to time on Airbnb, and this time we decided to take somebody. I can't say long term, but long term for us, what、so、that's ten days. So we decided to rent another Airbnb in Tel Aviv. We're spending their time for a few days,、uh, and now we're spending time with family.、Um, so we're kind of、uh, visiting family, seeing friends, and obviously I'm also、uh, working throughout the day. It's been fun, must say. I mean, it's it's great, and、um, we're back home on Thursday. To anybody who's really worried about this, don't worry, guys. Great.、Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also、um, I'm really excited because I've been working on this for several、uh, weeks now, I think. But finally, I'm opening Startup Noodles Mastermind Group. So last week we we spoke with you about the Enter China Mastermind Group,、uh, and that was for people who are interested more in manufacturing or sourcing or things like that. And Startup Noodle is a mastermind group for people who are more into Tech and online and mobile and、uh, things like this. So we've got those two masterminds group for you, and、uh, we're very happy to、um, support those through our podcast. And、uh, Mike, you want to give the link? We got a link for you guys, so you can check both and then decide whatever. Yeah, we're we're just we're talking about it. So yeah, we're gonna try to make it easy for everybody to to learn about these different masterminds and find the right one for you. So it's ChinaBusinessCast dot com slash mastermind, and you can. Get more information and the links to the full details of of、uh, Startup Noodle, which I'm excited. I've I've been you know for we've been working together on this podcast for a while, and I know you've had、uh, a lot of interest to help more entrepreneurs in China. So it's exciting for me to to see you getting this going, and and I really support you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited and looking forward to see who's coming in and、uh, work with everybody. I know that you also has some exciting announcements. So go ahead. Yeah. Well.、I've- 
feel like I'm always talking about a different event, but uh, we're trying to plan a more in advance. Hopefully, we can try to get you and others uh, from all around the world coming. But Cross Border Summit is already in the works, the planning stages. Uh, we're going to make it two days, April 14th and 15th of 2017 in Shenzhen, China, talking cross border e commerce and you know business strategies and we're going to actually have simultaneous translation for one day and and uh, more high level chinese speakers as well as international speakers so it's it's going to be it's going to be a big one i'm really excited it feel like the last one just ended actually but it's you know, we're almost i think 6 months away or more than 6 yeah. months yeah <laughs> yeah or uh time is just as i was saying earlier i can't believe the end of the year is here thanksgiving just passed we got all these holidays coming up for everybody at the end of the calendar year, and yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. My <laughs> kids are getting older. Life is, life is interesting. Yeah, we've got another admin stuff for you guys, uh, which is really important. We've got a an exciting WeChat group, China Business Cast WeChat group, where you can join in, um, discuss about whatever going is the topics on the episode, and kind of get the community help of the other listeners and connect with them. So you can either add me or Mike username to your WeChat and then we'll add you to the group. You just need to send us a message. So my WeChat ID is shlomof. That's S-H-L-O-M-O-F. I'll repeat that's S-H-L-O-M-O-F. What's yours, Mike? Mine is my last name, which I know is not easy to spell, but Michelini. M is in Michael, I-C-H-E-L-I-N-I. So, yeah, it's been cool. I, I, I like, you know, sharing our WeChats on the show. We've had, I've, I think we've all had listeners adding us and we're getting them in the group. And um, actually, I don't think I even told you, Shlomo, but there's a listener of China Business Cast that reached out to me. Uh, he's passing through Shenzhen from Hong Kong and I'm going to try to meet up with them for coffee tomorrow. So nice. yeah, it's great. It's great to just meet these different, uh, different, uh, people enjoying the show and getting feedback and keep things, keep things, uh, motivating. Awesome. You can also see the, our IDs and all the information in, on the show notes on chinabusinesscast.com and go to episode number 51. That would be there. Uh, so if you don't feel like typing in, you can just go there and, copy paste click that's easier mike who got the show today okay yeah let's get into the show this one was uh recorded in person when i was up in the chat conference in shanghai and we have another fellow podcaster ryan shukin and he is uh does a china startup pulse show for those that might have listened to that podcast and he's also a member of the sos ventures network of accelerators china accelerator and mox uh, which is a uh, an app accelerator in taiwan and we have a really cool conversation shlomo listened to it after because unfortunately he couldn't be there with us um right. you, you were you were you had you you enjoyed it right so yeah we talk I about i was in charge of the notes this time for this episode oh. i was listening to all of that and that was really interesting and and uh ryan uh, insights are great that was really interesting great so let's let's tune in Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to another China Business Cast. We have an amazing guest with us today, Ryan from China Accelerator and Startup Pulse Podcast. Yeah. 
thanks for coming on, man. No, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. So we are here in Shanghai on the rooftop of the place, which is the hardest place to tell somebody where you're at because yeah. you're at the place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the chat conference, which is an amazing conference about WeChat in China. So we got the chance to get Ryan here. So thanks for coming on. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk, I, we were talking a little bit before, I think the evolution of the Western entrepreneur in China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've we've been here a while and we've seen we've seen different phases I think of of foreigners coming here to do business. Yeah, there's there's definitely been different phases. Uh, there's been different levels. I think it's been in a factor of, of time, to be honest. It's like sure. a pressure cooker. Sure, sure. So before we get into it, maybe yeah, like you want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, sure. I'm Ryan Chukin, and I, I've been in China since 2004. So. Uh, coming on 12 years now. Awesome. And um, uh, just experimented, tried startups, failed at a lot of things. And I um, work with China Accelerator, also the program director of Mox, which is a mobile accelerator. Nice. Over in Taiwan. And I think that uh, the, you know, the, the biggest learning that I've had in, in China about the startups and, and kind of the expat community is that people have no idea that they're going to stay here a long time. <laughs> and then they find something that's amazing, that, that captivates them, that they're incredibly passionate about, and an opportunity that they didn't think existed, and they get impl- completely engrossed in that one thing, and they give it their all. That's true. I mean, that's one thing I wish, you know, I had known I was going to be here this long. I'm, I'm, I'm at nine years, and uh, I, I think if we had known we were, at least for me, if I would have made a lot of different decisions personally um obviously if we had bought real estate we would uh, yeah. not have to be, not have to be working anymore but uh, i think but we're entrepreneurs you know i don't i don't want to it's kind of boring buying real estate but yeah but um so you know what what do you think's a normal track maybe when you first came here i think there was a little bit more like the basic i i guess uh entrepreneur in china like i at least the ones i knew maybe it's because i was in the south but a little bit more like sourcing and 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 kind of like general merchandising kind of mm-hmm. kind of uh, phase? Is that what you would think? Or um, I think that people follow the trends that were happening, what was hot, what was uh, the most accessible, and where the pain points were coming from. So let's go back maybe five years looking at companies starting around fulfillment and ordering and helping companies uh, kind of fill the gap where Alibaba was starting up as well. Mm-hmm. And so people were seeing bridging, seeing opportunity, trying to bridge that. There have been since then also, if you can go back a little bit further, we can get into people like um, companies like SR, STR, Silk, no, SRT, Silk Road Technologies, and um, China Net Cloud, who yeah. have been here a long time building infrastructure. But those are smaller, like that, that's a, a small percentage of the people that were here. And I feel like it was very niche, very driven in that one area, and that it was harder. Because the laws and the regulations and the, the ground was still getting kind of, uh, let's say, for the first time, tested. And so there were as many and, and there were people who were trying to be entrepreneurs and building. But we just didn't know how or what or the resources. And, and that information uh, wasn't available. Mm-hmm. I just remember 
yeah, just totally like throwing arrows in the dark or something, right? Yeah, yeah it's like how much is something supposed to cost? Like services, labor, like your process. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely not podcasts and all this information out there. No, it was there was no smartphone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all refreshing uh, Nokia brick. Yeah, I remember coming back from a barbecue at night and refreshing Outlook at my desk. Yeah. <laughs> like crazy. That's unbelievable. Now we have the information at our fingertips. But yeah, I think it's kind of like, I feel like the bar is a little bit higher, I think, for foreigners to come to China. I think with immigration, maybe a little bit and education mm-hmm. and the cost of living is a bit higher everywhere. Yeah. So it's not like the cheap China is, is gone. I feel like, what do you think? That was like 2009, 2010, I think cheap cheap china started going away yeah there was a lot of there, there there still are changes happening you can still find cheap china i think that's one of the reasons why it's a great place for people to test out their ideas because you can live off of a shoestring mm-hmm. if you need to <laughs> but if you're like no i need i need something you know nice i need my own bathroom in my house <laughs> then you're gonna you know a little bit more but you still can and you can live very cheaply and you can still you know find all the opportunities but in terms of the expectations of working with maybe in certain markets or the brands and things like, yeah, yeah, things have changed. Definitely. So, yeah, I always think of the noodle diet. Like, you can get noodle, street noodles. Oh, yeah. For like a dollar, a dollar each and have a full meal. Yeah, so. I remember when I was in uh, 2005, I had my credit card lost or, or shut down or something. And I had no way of getting money into the country until a new credit card came to me. Uh, or debit card that was going to take two weeks. And it actually took three weeks. And I had one month where I had to make, I think I made $2 a day. That was my budget because that's all the money that I had that I could could do. And I had $2 a day for a month. And I ate three square meals a day. Sounds like one of those uh, those infomercials on TV in the U.S., like, for a dollar a day, yeah, you for can a, feed. It was it was a dollar meal, and it you was, can feed Ryan here in yeah, China. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was true. It was, and I was eating happy. I was still, you know, it was no problem. It was still, it was cheap, and it was easy. Awesome, yeah. And you can still find that. You can still live that, but you got You got to search now because there's so many nicer things here, and the cost of living on those things are much higher. Well, plus if you want to live like an expat or you want to have. You want to have, live in the U.S. in China, it's going to be more than probably living in the U.S. Yeah. So, so uh, to your original question about uh, foreigners becoming more adapt in China, I think it's like a pressure cooker and that the temperature is just getting increased higher and higher. And so what that means is that an entrepreneur or anybody that comes here with a passion or idea can build something that is incredible in such an incredibly short time and grow it into a business from a business from like a, uh, I'm going to use an example of one of my friends, um, Camden, who uh, runs Supper Club. Oh, nice. And she, Supper Club was an idea that she wanted to bring people together and have great meals. And it went from this kind of secret dining, mystery dining list to now brands wanting to support it to growing into this really like big business every single uh, month you get invited to a special secret restaurant or a secret location where they have uh, really amazing chefs featuring their businesses and their ideas and their, and their plates. And that blew into what she now has, which is Egg, her own restaurant. And now she does secret chef dinners and she does all this other stuff. I mean, it's a brand now. And she was just on the magazine cover for That's Shanghai. Sweet. 
Sounds and good. this is just two years. And it's just the temperature on what you can do. The limits are, you know, you find something hot, you attack. Uh, entrepreneurs here can build things so much faster and, and so much, you can, you can build it into so much many more things because the temperature, the, the, the hot pot is just getting hotter and hotter. Um, but it also makes depth difficult and it also adds competition. Sure. Uh, but then the, the people who are entrepreneurs have been here for a long time, they aren't, they actually in one way or another resent when you call them foreigners working in China because they own Chinese companies and they have all Chinese employees and they speak Chinese every day and they do all their business in China. There's basically nothing foreign about what they do or, or, or how they approach it besides the color of their skin. True, but sadly, I think a lot of Chinese will always consider them a foreigner. Yeah, and they always will be considered foreigners, but they find that They're really, really stable success by being totally adapted to the Chinese culture for their success. I mean, there's, I remember uh, the, it wasn't GMIC, it was TechCrunch had a conference and they had a panel with, um, uh, I think it was Justin Mallon from Silk Road Technologies, William Baobin, and uh, I think it was Kevin from Italki. And they, or, 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 no, actually that was another panel, but the panelist were asked a question as, what is it like, you know, being a foreigner and, you know, running this company in China? And they were all kind of insulted a little bit because they're like, listen, we're totally foreign. We're totally Chinese companies. We run in a Chinese style. We run in a Chinese market. Like the only thing that's foreign about it is just me being here. But we probably could not exist in a foreign market. Because our practices and our idea is so Chinese. Like, we probably couldn't go back to our hometown country and do the same company. Because we would fail the same way that a Chinese company would fail going abroad. True. So, so what do you... Yeah, I think the information is out there. I think even costs are, are lower, I think, for the kind of the, the corporate setup and things like that. Or at least there's more kind of like transparent pricing, I think. So... Mm-hmm. Do you think somebody should spend time, you know, I, I, it's probably a question you get a lot. I get, at least I get, it's like, should I work somewhere first when I come to China or should I start up my own thing? Should I teach English? I mean, I, I know it depends. It's a, probably one of those, it depends questions, but do you have like a general advice you give to some young entrepreneur who want to come out here? Yeah. I always say you need to work, you need to build your startup um, because the only way that you're going to learn how to do a startup is by doing a startup. Uh, we run an accelerator and we try our, our best to give all of the lessons and all of uh, the training and coaching. And at the very end of the day, we always say our advice is optional. We highly recommend you take it, but you're going to be the best person in the world to execute what you do. And that goes into starting your own idea, starting your own business. No one else can teach you or train. If you start, let's say you go to a competitor that's big you're going to learn how to exist in the same exact way your competitor exists, which is not the innovation that's going to make you uh, successful in that market. And also, you're going to learn how to be a entry-level job person at that company, not mm. the CEO. It's true. You not those that. decisions. You're not going to learn the skills that you need to run your company. Working, uh, working in, a, in a field or a company almost never works. Almost never works, I don't think. You just need to start your own company. If you need to pay rent, teach um, something, uh, you know, once or twice a day, uh, if you can't. But just, you know, aside from being in a startup, 
uh, starting your own is the only way to get that real experience. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Maybe unless they get some really special kind of like apprenticeship, maybe. I've seen that around the web, but where they work with like a founder, maybe. But that's, Yeah, but still you're learning how to make appointments and manage contacts more than mm-hmm. anything else. True. So, so tech in China for foreigners, is that something? I, I mean... It seems like, you know, a lot of the better examples or better successes a lot of times are in the traditional kind of like luxury, food, you know, like mm-hmm. entertainment. Tech in China is something, right? For foreigners, is such a landmine. Uh, we've both been through it a lot with our own stuff and, and uh, you know, friends and, and, and products we're working mm-hmm. with. Is, is that something special you would tell somebody that they need to prepare for or... Is that treated differently, you think, for foreign foreigners in China? Um, I think that the if your assumption is that I have strong tech, thus my idea is strong, that's a bad assumption. Uh, it should be, I have a strong team, thus my approach will be strong. And I can adapt my product no matter what happens in a way, because my team is strong, thus my approach, my execution. It really comes down to flexible execution by a really competent team. True. Uh, and, and it's, it, but that even goes with Chinese. I mean, it's, tech is something that's so easy to imitate these days. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then I guess the other standard question is Chinese co-founder requirement or not? That's a good question. And I am still learning about that. I've talked to a lot of uh, people who've exited, have successful companies, and, and I'm still like, you know, it's, I think it's around 60% say Chinese co-founder and 40% say, nope, just didn't need it, just one myself. And so I'm still doing my own poll, doing my own research out there. I think uh, the fact that it's undecided is, is good. It's, you know, explore, figure it out yourself. Uh, I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the same, similar, because you, you do hear the success of the co-founder, but you also hear a fair share of the, the blow-ups, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. it also might just take time to make that relationship before yeah. you just jump into it. Well, same with, same with the Western, you know, just normal business partnership yeah. or, or, or other relationships. Mm-hmm. takes time. I think a lot of times the better ones are ones they met at MBA school or they met, uh, you know, in, a, in another kind of, in a company together yeah. or they knew, knew each other. I, I really can't say yet. I'm still getting my data on that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, just kind of like, yeah, so first, so just come out here and, and do it. Should, what, what are the normal tips like books or, or resources? Of course, these amazing podcasts. What, what are some things people should do to prepare themselves before they come out? I think the uh, number one thing that you can do to prepare yourself is to take all of your assumptions and throw them away. It's what I tell a lot of people when they come just just your best benefit you can give yourself beyond reading any books beyond researching because when you research you're going to be viewing that issue or that perspective from someone else's eyes someone else's perspective so the best service you can do to yourself is when you get on that plane really think about throwing all of your expectations out the window don't trust what you think it should be like or how things should work Because the biggest challenge that you'll have in China is fighting against yourself and what you think things should be and what you think things should function like and how things, you know, work at home and then compared to not being here. That is, you can't fight yourself and 
fight the challenges to build a startup at the same time. You got to choose one. And by letting go of your expectations, letting go of your uh, perspective of what you think it should be like, you're doing the biggest service possible to yourself doing anything in China. Very cool. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. And so we always wrap it up with how can people find you or what you're doing online? Um, you can find me uh, at ryan.shukin at sosv.com. You can also find me at ryan at the China Startup Pulse. Nice. .com. Uh, and you can, you know, uh, message me, you know, whatever you need. I'm here to, to help and respond, and I'm really happy to be on the show, Michael. No, thanks. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. And, and you're doing great things with your podcast and all these, these great platforms you guys are making. So, and yeah. I'm, I'm a happy alumni of China Accelerator. Yeah, same here. Yeah, man. It's batch five. Batch three. Man, <laughs> crazy. But uh, hopefully we got some new batch listeners on the show. <laughs> Definitely. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.